This is Bellator Colloquium, a podcast of the Bellator Society. Bellator in Latin means warrior, and a colloquium is a conversation. We at the Bellator Society are online warriors for the true, good, and beautiful, and this podcast is our conversation about all those things and so much more. Meet us here weekly at Bellator Colloquium and at bellatorsociety.com for content that will hopefully lift you, inspire you, comfort you, and make you feel a part of our Bellator Society. Good morning, friends and warriors, and welcome to the podcast. This is Tracy Eddy in Arizona, and I have Brian Yeager in Tennessee. Hey there, my friend. Hey there, my friend. Happy Thanksgiving week. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> we have so many pies in my house. <laughs> I know. I know. We're having Thanksgiving with friends, and I volunteer to bring a pecan pie. And let's just say I purchased a really delicious looking one at the local Sam's store, and he caught wind of this and is a little nervous about my pie. So now I'm thinking I'm going to actually make a second pecan pie. Just you to make pecan face. pie? Well, I never have. Oh, okay. But, oh. but the people who are hosting us were like, what? This is a pie. Pecan pie is my favorite. Like you just went and bought one. <laughs> and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> so I'm looking up. They're not that hard from what I can tell. I've never made a pecan pie. I love pecan pie, but I've never made it because here's the deal, Tracy. Sam's Club actually does pie really well. You I, know what? Is... I might not, if I were you, I might not make the pie, but bring it in a dish that makes it look like <laughs> you did make it and just see if he can tell the difference. Well, I did. Well, okay. Two things on that. The first thing, yes, I totally agree. And somebody said in kind of um, talking about it, they went, she's from the South. You know, she's going to bring a good pecan pie. And I was like, yes. <laughs> And so is Sam Walton. And Sam's Club has the best <laughs> pies. And they're like, I don't know if they have the best pies. I'm like, oh, blasphemy. They do have good pies. <laughs> My second thing is, you know how Sam's not doing anything regular size. So yes. I could do that if I had a pie plate that was yeah. like the size of my, you know, car. Yeah. Their, their pies are so big, oh, I can't just, is, like, plop it. That is true. That's not a standard pie size Mm-mm. for sure. Mm-mm. Yeah. No, I just bought a stack of pumpkin pies from Sam's to bring to we're, we're serving the homeless Thanksgiving dinner the night before Thanksgiving. And so I have a stack of pies and I'm making like 50 servings of green bean casserole. What? <laughs> I bought like two <laughs> giant cans, like Sam sized cans of green beans, a giant bag of the fried onions. <laughs> oh, so good. That, I'm, I'm also making that. Unfortunately, not for the homeless. It's for the... <laughs> <laughs> the people in my home. <laughs> That's the awesome. home to also get get green bean casserole as well. Uh-huh. But I must say, I'm probably the only person that actually eats it. But I make it because I yeah, love my it. kids don't. They're not big green bean casserole people in general. I think we are going to have it on Thanksgiving Day, and I think my sister's doing the one that we're having for our family. Um, but I'm just I'm just going with the straight, um, you know, French's fried yeah. onion recipe with the cream of mushroom soup and all of those things. And I'm pretty sure when my sister makes it, she does like her own homemade sauce with, I mean, it's excellent, but it's not your, you know, run of the mill uh, green bean casserole by any stretch of the means. But actually I have a funny story about pie. I need to get returned to pie really fast. So <laughs> okay, I'm not going to, 
identify who this family member is, but it is super funny to me that um, I, I mean, I always buy Sam's pies for every holiday. I mean, sure. I, have a, I have a kid who would eat a whole pumpkin pie himself if he could because it's that good and he loves it that much. So there's no reason for me to spend time and energy making a pie when they love the apple pies and the pumpkin pies from Sam's or Costco. I'm going to be equal opportunity here. We also have a Costco in town. I do have a <laughs> Sam's and a Costco card, which seems ridiculous. But, you know, either one. They make good pie. So a, a few holidays, like back-to-back in a row, that we were spending time with a larger group of family, um, you know, I made a couple of different dishes, but <laughs> each holiday, the thing that got complimented was the pie that I brought. And, and like, the first couple of times, I just said, thank you, you know, because thank you. And then, like, the third <laughs> holiday, and that was the thing that got complimented, I was like, okay, I have to say, this pie came from a store. I made that <laughs> dressing. I made that thing. <laughs> I did not make this pie. But still, thank you. <laughs> but thank you. But, you know, I think I have a friend who she knows where – you go to buy the best things for parties. And so she prides herself in this. Like mm-hmm. you go to Kroger's in Little Rock because they have the best vegetable platters and you go here and you get this and you go here and you get this. Sometimes I have no shame. Let me backtrack. Always. I have no shame <laughs> in purchasing something. If you know, it's good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like make, make your homemade cool whip or whipped cream or whatever it is. Uh, but put it on that Sam's Club Maker's Mark. Yeah. Well, remember Mark. This, sorry. Like I wasn't trying to hide that it came from a store. I just never was noticed that it was in a plastic container from <laughs> Sam's, not from my house, until I actually pointed it out. Like, see, here it's it's just six dollars. You can buy this at Sam's anytime you want to. Look at it. It's yours. <laughs> just for the just for the going to Sam's. Well, I'm impressed that you. That you outed yourself. I would have been like, you're well, thank, thank you. I'm so well, glad so, y'all like that. I'll bring it every year. <laughs> I so, did say thank you twice without giving myself up. And then the third the third holiday in a row, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I feel like I'm not trying to pull the wool over anybody's eyes, but I feel like I might be. And I don't want her to think that I'm a pie maker because I'm not. <laughs> exactly. So oh. we have a cousin. I mean, I have an aunt. They are um, huge Disney World people. So like they have... I think they have like a Disney World pass for all over the world. So, oh, and their wow. goal is to go to Disney World in every country. So, for my cousin's birthday this past year, they went to like Disney Hong Kong. And, Ooh. anyways, <clears throat> they don't have little children anymore, but they still just love their Disney people. Years ago, my aunt took a cooking class at Disney World in Florida, mm-hmm. and it was a pie making class, and it was like a thousand dollars. And she learned how to make apple pie. Okay. And it is. Better be a good apple pie. So we call it the thousand dollar apple pie. And she brings it to every family function. And it is gorgeous. It's like perfectly, you know, really raised the dough on top. And it's, uh, but anyway, so it's the thousand dollar apple pie. It's not, it's not (laughs) $6.99. I love holiday foods, by the way. Do you ever do holiday foods not at holidays? No, not really, probably. Do you? 
Yeah, sometimes, not always. And I mean, not regularly, but like a couple times a year, I'll make like a holiday fair meal and um, and it's always appreciated. And in fact, just did it when my eldest came back the first time from college this year. Um, he came home for a weekend and I made like turkey breast and stuffing <laughs> and like all the, and I even got a pie and all the things. Cause I was like, you're home, it's a holiday. <laughs> it's like Christmas and Thanksgiving all wrapped up into one. <laughs> No, I really don't. In fact, I even have like snacks that I make it during the holidays and mm-hmm. I don't make it any other time. Cause to me, yeah. then it like spoils the, the goodness, the, the special fun. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's stupid stuff like Chex Mix. I only make Chex Mix, you know, between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah. I don't do Chex Mix in the summertime. Like, yeah. um, those little ranch crackers or you can do them with oyster crackers with yeah. like oil and ranch. I, that's a holiday treat <laughs> in my house. <laughs> I don't want to, oh I don't, I don't want too much of a good thing. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, speaking of too much of a good thing, we can never have too much of our contributors. And we are we, thankful for them. We're so thankful for them. And that is our hashtag Catholic Click Thanksgiving <laughs> episode. <laughs> episode. We are so thankful for our contributors because they have just, Stepped up to the plate. Mm -hmm. So we have been, this is, we're about to hit our one year anniversary and they have not let us down. No. They have written, they have poured out their hearts. They have joined us on the podcast. They have helped us evangelize and spread the word and we cannot be more grateful. So we're going to do this episode uh, right by thanking them and going through some of our favorites that they've contributed and, and just give them a shout out. Yes. Shall we start? Let's do it. I'm, I'm excited. All right. The first one up. And because we have so many contributors, it's just going to be like a, a quickie. It's going to be everybody gets ping-ponging. Quick, quick, quick little bit of love. So the first one's Liz Banco. And our favorite that we chose for her was Push Away the Unimaginable. And this was actually a pretty solemn, obviously, um, blog piece she contributed. And it was a tribute to the young man Kendrick Castillo, I think is how you pronounce I his name. I think so, Who, Yeah. Who lost his life rushing the gunman who was responsible for the school shooting in Denver. Um, and Liz lives in kind of the Denver metro mm-hmm. area. So this was very, very personable. It was personal. at her son's school. Yeah. Yeah. It was at her son's school. That's right. Yeah. It was this, the STEM school. Um, her personal account, obviously, of this devastation and the beauty of forgiveness and healing in the face of unspeakable grief. And he was a young Catholic kid. Yeah, yeah. And went to, went to I forget what church he went to out there in Denver, but I think he was made like an honorary Knights of, Knight of Columbus. Yeah. And they really um, honored him well, but uh, Denver. Yeah, this was such a good contribution to to um, what we what we believe in and what our values are for the Bellator Society. That we reach into our personal lives and um, share some of the the goodness and the sadness, but you know, make it be relatable. And um, and she just did such a good job of of describing something that hit really close to home. And we thank you, Liz. Yes, it was beautiful. Beautiful, and beautiful. So our next one is Erin Bayard. And the one that we picked for her was just a very recent one. She's written lots of beautiful articles or uh, blog posts for us. But the one that we picked for um, this Thanksgiving tribute is um, Straighten Your Crown, Failing. 
<laughs> this got such huge response. Um, it was basically a confessional of failure, you know, all the ways that she felt she failed in her daily life. And it was beautiful in its authenticity and just in the example of gentleness. Um, and even she, she even ended with a reminder um, for how we need to just completely depend on Jesus, especially in our weakness and in our failures. And again, just the, you can hear in her words, um, you know, her, her recognition of where she has fallen or felt that she has fallen, but her, I mean, I really felt in reading it that she understood Jesus's unconditional love for her. And, um, that's, that's a message that we all need to hear. It is. And it was one of those, um, blogs that as I read it, it was like an examination of my own conscience. I was like, yep, did that guilty, (laughs) guilty. Yep. (laughs) Like, Oh, she's, she's in my head right now. (laughs) It was awesome. So I think if I felt like that, I feel like probably a lot of our readers had the same reaction to that one. For sure. Thank good. you, Erin. Thank you, Erin. Okay, the next one, Christy Bentley, Our Lady of Fatima. This was her personal story of miscarriage, or it was about her personal story mm-hmm. of miscarriage, and Our Lady's intercession, which cultivated a devotion to Our Lady of Fatima, and all the little ways that Mary took care of her and showed her a mother's attention. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because she said, you know, she, she really grew close to Our Lady of Fatima through her miscarriage and then her next pregnancy mm-hmm. and, and still like how, how Our Lady of Fatima kind of appears to her or, or shows her presence to her just in everything from, I think Greta, who was on our show, um, mentioned that she also knows Christy Bentley and how she had thrown down her car keys and she was like, <laughs> Oh, five thirteen, Mary's got this. So <laughs> she sees Our Lady of Fatima's like hand in different circumstances of her life. So, and I think when we all open ourselves up like that to Our Lady and to Jesus and just the promptings of the Holy Spirit, how alive and how real um, mm. their presence can be in our life. Absolutely. And I also love that this was, just as you said, a prompting for us to maybe find a devotion to the Blessed Mother that's particular to us. You know, mm-hmm. we have, we kind of talked about during that that podcast, all of her different titles and just find the one that pertains to us and just see how she how, how she relates to us, um, through that intercession. So thank you, Christy. Thank you. The next one is Aaron Bulkins. And the piece that we chose from Aaron Bulkins is squeeze the toothpaste from the bottom. (laughs) And I loved this blog. It's basically her practical advice to married couples. You know, she, it was really cute at the beginning where she was talking about like, whenever someone asks, you know, like, what advice would you give to a newly married couple? She's like, you know, there are tons of different things like squeeze the toothpaste from the bottom, you know, do the (laughs) things not to get on each other's nerves. But um, her advice was just about the power of prayer and a real personal testimony um, to her, uh, she and her husband's devotion to prayer in their marriage. Um, and it was um, also a very sweet tribute to a most beloved priest who gave her this sage advice, who's now going to be a bishop. <laughs> <laughs> hint, hint, hint. <laughs> I know. It's a, little, it's a little Easter egg in this podcast. Figure that out if you can. But yeah, thank you, Erin. That was such a beautiful piece. Absolutely. And squeeze the toothpaste is really, from the bottom, is probably good advice for everyone. <laughs> Pray together and squeeze the toothpaste <laughs> from the bottom. And, and nobody, nobody can get mad. All right, the next one is Alexis Birchfield. And the title of this blog that we chose is Dude, Where's My Baby? Yeah. <laughs> Which is a great, great title. Obviously, it's, it's about a heartbreaking account of her struggle with infertility mm-hmm. and seeking mm-hmm. God and His will through the pain. And this is something 
I can of course relate to just because I struggled with infertility um, and, and trying to, you know, have a family and it's, yeah. it is awful. You know, it's something that you don't really want to talk about. It's sort of uncomfortable mm-hmm. and, but it's pretty common. And, you know, we, you and I both, we gave that a talk an mm-hmm. advent by candlelight reflection. And part of our um, kind of key takeaway points was to submit to God's will. Mm-hmm. And I shared a little bit of my story as, you know, I was trying to do it all on my own. And once I finally learned to surrender, mm-hmm. you know, God kind of took our family life and sort of made it something better than we could ever imagine. But getting to that point's hard. Yeah. It's really, really hard. So Alexis did a beautiful job um, just just being so open and honest about her her struggle and her heartbreak. So thank you, Alexis. I know that can't be easy to share. Absolutely. We were so proud of you. Thank you. And our next one is Kaylee Byrne. Um, The piece that we chose from Kaylee is titled, When God Wrecks Your Romance. And I loved this one because it was a book recommendation. I actually think this may have been our first book recommendation that we've published. We've had several since, but um, I loved it because Kaylee is just a young, vibrant woman, Catholic woman. And um, this is a book recommendation um, by two people. It's a married woman and a priest. Um, Amanda Vernon and Matt and, and Father Matt Faze, I believe, were the authors of this book, um, When God Wrecks Your Romance. Um, and quite frankly, I would not have picked up this book on my own. <laughs> it was not so, you know, it wasn't something that's on my radar as a middle-aged married woman. Am I middle-aged? Is, is, am I yeah. middle-aged? Is that you right? Are. Am I? Yeah. Oh, I hate it. It too. felt so weird coming out of my mouth. But let's not say that again. <laughs> I'm not say it it's a bad word. Um, but I would not have chosen this book to read on my own. But I'm so glad that she recommended it because I do think that within it is a message um, that we all need to hear. And that's just is simply that God has a plan for us. You know, it might look like he's wrecking your, your, your plan, what you thought was the best thing, but he still has a plan in that. So um, I loved that. Thank you, Kaylee. Thank you, Kaylee. I agree with that too, because, you know, so often I know anytime I'll tell my sister when things, when we're talking about things, I'll be like, well, God has a plan. And she's like, okay, I'm kind <laughs> You know, That's at some nice, point you're dear. like, I'm going to hurt you, but it's so true. Yeah. It's hard to hear and it's hard to imagine that when you're in the thick of it, but um, he does. Mm -hmm. He really does. Okay. Our next one is from Joan Dobry. Did I say her last name right? Absolutely. Yay. I can usually mess up people's names. Um, Joan uh, wrote a piece, and this is a pretty uh, recent one on the blog. Straighten your crown, leave the assumptions to Mary. How spiritual direction and counseling have helped her. She writes about how she let her imagination and the story we tell ourselves get the best of us. Um, and this is just one of those blogs that we, I think it's so easy to, to assume the worst <laughs> and yep. to kind of make up, make up a narrative that's not necessarily the truth and to get yeah. upset about things. And then, um, but sh- she's again, another very honest blog mm-hmm. where she really is just self-reflective and very open and very honest about how she, it took some spiritual direction for her to get to this point, but she realized that maybe, you know, things that were being done to her were being done actually for in her best interest Mm -hmm. instead of out Mm -hmm. of, you know, um, a lack of care. Yeah. And you know what I love about this one too, because she she wasn't so 
she didn't present this so overtly, but I'm sure it's in there in that, you know, she was able to sort of come to terms with, with getting the story right um, with her husband and the situation they were dealing with. But I mean, it's how we need to, to look at God. Um, and this kind of ties even with, with Kaylee's, um, you know, when, when God wrecks your romance, like you think that God is allowing this thing um, and, and you can't even imagine why until like way later when he shows you, you know, the, the greater scope of what of what he was doing there so yeah, yeah. thank you joan thank you joan <laughs> uh the next one that we have is from one of our new contributors regina donahue and it's called the saints and this is just her beautiful tribute um to the lives of the saints who've gone before us you know I, i've really liked this piece because it was um refreshingly theological but it was also respect you know reflective and um and instructive like all at once it had all of the good things wrapped up into like one really excellent piece of writing and so we're just so thankful to have regina on board um she is a blogger in her own right and um, has joined our our society um, as a contributor. And so I just want to say thank you, Regina. Thank you, Regina, and welcome to the society. All right, the next one is Angie Elster, and we chose Loving Laundry. Now, we have already talked about this one in depth, but we <laughs> loved it so much. And so and did everyone, you, people. <laughs> everyone else did. So, I mean, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So <laughs> um, this... this um, blog she wrote about she was a, a NICU nurse and and um she was really having some you know going home to a large mm -hmm. family and she had a lot of laundry to do and and the patient who she was taking care of passed away um and she had kind of mentioned how how she was dreading doing the laundry and the mom said something like I'd love to do my daughter's laundry again and I think you know that just really hit her and this was mm -hmm. years ago so mm -hmm. obviously it had a very big impact on her perspective and her outlook and, and really yeah. changed the way she views household chores. Yeah. Um, and she put it in perspective for, for all of us. And I think we all, <laughs> we all clung to it immediately yeah. and people were commenting and sharing it like crazy. So thank you, Angie. I think it was the first one even that we published of hers. I think so too. I think it was because it was right around Christmas time last year that we, that we <laughs> did it. And if you haven't read it, look up loving laundry. But I also want to say her her piece on belonging. We haven't done a twofer yet. So can we can we have a twofer on Angie? For sure. Um I loved her piece called Belonging as well. It was such um it was such a, a a beautiful reflection on the difficulty we all experience in terms of belonging. And if you know Angie Elser in real life, you know that I mean this is a woman who has Tons of kids, tons of friends. She seems like she's like in the middle of everything and such a great support system. But hearing really authentically how she even feels out of place sometimes. I mean, again, we this is such a treasure. I mean, these yeah. reflections are treasures for us because they, they make us feel like I'm not the only one. Right. Exactly. It's like if Angie Elser feels yeah. like she doesn't belong, then yeah. I am okay. I, yes. My, my feelings are validated. I, there's uh -huh. nothing wrong with the way I feel. Yeah. 
right. So the next one, thank you, Angie. <laughs> thank you, Angie. <laughs> the next one we have is from um, our contributor, Teresa Ferry. And we chose her um, piece that she wrote for our um, church scandal series, actually. And the title of her piece was Broken Vessel. And I really loved this piece because um, she gives like a little, a little um, forward, I guess, at the beginning that she has a very personal experience of being close to the church sex scandal and that the priest that baptized her was actually accused of abuse. And so that, you know, that kind of rocks your boat. Well, it doesn't yeah. kind of rock your boat. It does rock your boat yeah. because, you know, here is the man that brought her into the church who was participatory or presumably participatory. I think he was actually accused after his death. So, you know, um, it, it, the, there are facts that are lost after death. Yeah. But... <laughs> Even even the thought that someone who has been so instrumental into baptizing you, you know, giving you your sacraments, you know, all of these things would would have the thought that he would have a hand in such atrocious abuse has to be devastating on on some yeah. level. And yet, um, I loved her message about clarity, you know that we would actually consider why we stay in the church, yeah. why we remain Catholic when graces are being poured out upon us through broken vessels. And Absolutely. I mean, thank you, Teresa Ferry. We all needed to hear that message. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you, Teresa. All right. The next one is Brooke Glover. And I think we're going to do a twofer on her too, because we've got Easter Bunny training and that is her, rec her blog about her recommendations. Um, for like Easter basket goodies. And she, <laughs> she, this is her love language. So if you know, oh, Brooke, yes, it is. <laughs> she's a friend of ours and she is a gift giver. She is a good gift giver and she, she's good at it. So, um, if you, if, when Easter rolls around, if you haven't read this block or if you need a, ref, a refresher, look it up on our, on our website, they're all still there and you, you should be able to find it. Um, just go into the search menu, but you'll get some, some goodies especially um, Catholic goodies mm -hmm. for your Easter basket for your mm -hmm. little ones. And then the next one is called Friends in High Places. And this is about her devotion to St. Joseph. And um, her family is devoted to St. Joseph. Mm -hmm. She's, uh, you know, talks about her devotion. And, and or is she, I consecrate, I consecrated. John um, went through the consecration process to consecrate himself to St. Joseph. Really? I, does it talk about this? I can't even remember. No, not in this. Not in this piece. This is about how um, just her her um, affection for and and kind of relationship with Saint Joseph has accompanied her through sort of the ups and downs and uncertainties of jobs and families and yep. you know life changes and all of those things. But um, I have never heard of the consecration of Saint Joseph. Oh yes, yes. I will look it up. We John did it recently. Um, and I think it was maybe Michael Gately that does the 33, mm -hmm. you know, days to morning days glory. To glory. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, he, the consecration to, Ma to Mary, you know, to Jesus through, through Jesus. Mary yeah. is, is very common. I just have not heard St. Joseph. I love that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have it's a devotion to St. Joseph too. Uh, we, we love St. Joseph, right? He's our, he's our, he's our papa. He is. Um, thank you, Brooke. Thank you, Brooke. Our next You're one making me is... think, Brooke, right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just got tongue-tied because I'm thinking about St. Joseph. <laughs> Thank you, St. <Saint> Brooke. <laughs> yeah. 
so our next one is Angela Green. She is really one of our most prolific writers. Uh, she has so she's written so many blog pieces for us, and every one of them is just a gem. Uh, you know, she w- actually is the inspiration for our Straighten Your Crown series. It was her yes. piece that like landed us on the Google radar, and we don't know how that <laughs> happened. There are Google elves doing all of that work, but um, basically, when we realized that people really responded just to the title "Straighten Your Crown," we were like, "We're gonna go with that." We're gonna and and I mean, was it? I mean, it was a gift. Like we have had the most beautiful month because we're we're coming to the end of our Straighten Your Crown series. And we just had the Feast of Christ the King. And we have about another week of um, blogs on the theme to, to finish out November. But every single one of them has been just so edifying and and beautiful and has I think has helped all of us like straighten our crown a little bit helped us you know understand you know issues with identity um issues with um just coming to terms with our brokenness or our failings you know all of those things and so Thank you, Angela, for for starting us down that road. But I loved your piece on I Love You, Dear Hurricane. (laughs) Uh, This is her reflection on her hurricane child. And, uh, you know, just replete with, with, you know, stories of her using the Sharpie marker right before the Easter Vigil Mass all over her body, um, which I think I I actually have still have a picture in my phone of that. Um, When she dumped a bag of flour all over the kitchen. So, you know, this child just is one of those kids that is darling and sweet and wonderful in a thousand different ways, but has just has a knack for, you know, bringing <laughs> bring the hurricane. <laughs> and, um, and I love this piece because it just included Angela's sweet thoughts on how God sees us when we mess up. You know? Well, I would like to say a bit on that because her this is her is her name. Like she she <laughs> got this nickname as a little bitty thing, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love how Angela says instead of being like you know, would you stop screaming? How she how she started affirming her mm-hmm. her craziness and and finding the positive in it yeah. helped me. You know, yeah. look at my kids in a different way of like, um, and and being positive about things that maybe could drive me crazy. Yeah, you know, yeah. and that that's kind of what she talks about instead yeah. of. And she said, and then once she started saying those things and like the more just the more positive speaking positive words into her, how it it started to change. Yeah. her behavior a little bit and, and kind of their relationship. And um, I mean, again, she's still little, so it's not like <laughs> she's a big teenager, but you know, it's like, stop screaming or stop, you know, you're breaking their neck. Stop hugging them so hard. Or, but instead of saying that saying, I love that you love to hug so tight, you get the best bear hugs, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it definitely put a, um, a, it was a teaching moment for me for sure. So thank you, Angela. Thank you, Angela. Thank you. And our next one is Maria Green. And, um, Tracy, you want to take that one? Sure. Um, this article is called titled Lessons from Grief, and this is kind of her personal story of the loss of her husband um, unexpectedly and just her amazing ability to find comfort in the most mm-hmm. practical ways. Mm-hmm. So in her blog, she shares just advice about how to prepare now for the sort of devastation that she's experienced. Okay, I want to stop there and say how unbelievable this is she she was still grieving the loss of her husband and saw in it an opportunity to help others should they ever be in her same situation like it wasn't it wasn't a poor pitiful me it wasn't Mm -hmm. even it wasn't even um an overly emotional share of her grief it was that i want i want there to be good to come of this for Mm -hmm. you person Mm -hmm. that i don't know for you person (laughs) you need some practical yeah steps to, to lay, lay, you know, in place now 
Yeah. Um, obviously this, it's the unimaginable and it's yeah. something that, you know, nobody wants or wishes mm-hmm. on their, on their worst enemy, but so you, you don't, you're not guaranteed tomorrow and we don't know. And mm-hmm. accidents happen and health, you know, health kind of issues arise. And, and so thank you so much, Marie, for being so honest and mm-hmm. goodness, just sharing so much with, with us. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Thank you, Beautiful. Maria. Our next one is from Kristen Hamill. And um, I always love Kristen's writing. I think I've said that on the podcast before. <laughs> I always get excited when she when she has a blog submission. But um, this one that we picked is from, um, well, she, it was titled Humility, One Silver Crown at a Time. And in this uh, piece, she kind of walks us through the story of her five-year-old daughter needing dental crowns. That's where silver crown comes from. <laughs> and, um, and I liked this, you know, I probably, I probably liked this a lot because I have two fake teeth. <laughs> I get, I actually get the shame. I get the, um, the idea of, you know, uh, of having to learn humility, um, because of the ways in which I can be vain. And I just thought that this was such a beautiful, um, treatment on the litany of humility as well. In fact, she ends with a little excerpt from the litany of humility. Anyway, if you haven't read this piece, this is one of Kristen's gems and thank you, Kristen. Beautiful. Thank you, Kristen. All right, the next one, Lauren Harper, Close to the Brokenhearted. Her blog is about the Notre Dame fire. So it's mm-hmm. just a wonderful, it gives a great clarification um, and just brings to light um, some very thoughtful and measured um, thoughts that she had on this fire. And, and you know, because it kind of became controversial, like mm-hmm. what should we do? How should we fix this? Should we, when people are, you know, struggling and they're homeless, are we going to spend millions and millions to to, you know, renovate this church. It's just a building, blah, blah, blah. Or, or why are you so sad about this building? Yes. It's not a person. Exactly. You know, exactly. Because the, these are like work. real things that people said. I know. I know. Yeah. Oh, I believe me. I was, I was on fire on Facebook. <laughs> in fuego. <laughs> I was in fuego. And so she just, you know, talks about, um, her conclusion was about how God, the perfect father deals with deals with situations like this um, and just how we're all broken hearted yeah. and um, it was just so beautiful. Yeah. No, I really liked that piece too. Again, because it, it, it helped, it helped clarify something that bugged me about kind of like the social media conversations that were going on during the time. Mm-hmm. And, and she just, she said the things that I was thinking. Yeah. Because of course we all care about starving people in third world countries. Of course we do. Um, of course we don't overlook the needs of human beings and human beings always come before buildings, but it doesn't mean that we can't be sad about little things, you know, yeah. even, even, even if, which I would argue that the burning of Notre Dame cathedral wasn't a little thing, but right. even if, even if it was a little thing, we can still be sad about that because that's how parents deal with their children's heartbreaks. You know, and that's how our most perfect father in heaven deals with our heartbreaks. He said, I see this little hurt and I see this big hurt and I'm going to love you through them both. Absolutely. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you, you always, Lauren. You always have a way with words of, of kind of cutting through the, the you know what and, <laughs> and, and just getting to the heart of the matter. So yeah. we appreciate you. Our next piece is um, from Angela Halbert, and um, it's called. It's it, the title of it was "More Than You Realize," and this was also from our Scandal series. Um, I really, 
really appreciated her perspective um, in this piece. Um, she just was talking about her friendship with a group of Carmelite priests. And Tracy, you, you know these priests. I love these priests. And I just met these priests um, they are in precious. Denver. They are so precious. I sat in between them at the, <laughs> at the dinner and got to talk to them just and, and just realized just the, just the beautiful charism of their heart. Um, and then also realizing that not just, not just the, the struggles that they've gone through, um, you know, and as a result of the church scandals, but like real struggles, like people tried to kill them yeah. in their, you know, in, in Tanzania. Is that yes. correct? Was yes. it Tanzania? One where... was, they're Indian, but their mission is in Tanzania. And so mm-hmm. that's where they're, you know, they're, when, when they're not in America, they, when they will, when they leave here after their assignment here, they will go back to Tanzania. And one of them has been like stabbed like multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yet they it's... still go. And it's such a sweet, gentle spirit. Like, you know, when I think of, well, I, I don't even know what I would have thought. To, to, but I mean, I'm thinking like if you're a missionary in a foreign country, you probably have a pretty thick skin. You're probably pretty tough. I mean, and not that these men are not tough. I mean, they are made of something that I can't even imagine. But just the, the, the quietness of spirit, the kindness, the interest in other human beings. Um, and this was just this was just Angela's reflection um, about their quiet wit- witness. And again, what a what a sad thing it is that um, you know a, a few bad actors really have have served to spoil our our um, understanding of the priesthood um, on the whole. And that it, and it just is a good reminder that we need to look for those good and holy priests and bishops and and highlight them and celebrate them because they're out there. They're actually in the majority. <laughs> Way majority. There yeah. are so many fabulous priests and deacons and nuns and sisters. And, you know, there's a handful of, of ones that, you know, have have been part of, you know, the scandal that we're, we're finding ourselves in or it, been accused of, you know, mm-hmm. some things. But, God, there's so many good ones. Yeah. They yeah. far outweigh. So thank you, Angela, for letting us see your little peek into the lives of these Carmelite priests because they are pretty special. They are, they are adorbs. Um, (laughs) I'm sure they love hashtag (laughs) adorbs. (laughs) All right, the next one is from Brehead, your sister, and this one, this one's titled "Fair," and this is her blog is about the comparison, comparison with you know other people, other other things, other whatever is the thief of joy. And I like that she says, you know, fair is a four letter word. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's how we, how we struggle with the idea of fairness and how in light of Christ, we deal with the question of why when some people suffer more than others. Mm -hmm. And isn't this like the, it's the numero uno question, right? For, for most Christians, like if God is good, why is there evil? Yeah. And, and we, we have to come to terms with that. You know, we, we believe in original sin and Satan and the fall of man, and, but why does he allow it? Um, but I think she said something about, you know, when Jesus died, he took fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that, that wasn't fair. Jesus' mm-hmm. crucifixion was not fair. Um, but she, she has four children? She does, yeah. She has four children, and so I think she deals with fairness quite often in her family <laughs> with little ones. And she talks about her kiddos and just, you know, being a mom to little ones and, and how yeah. fair is like, huh? Oh, yeah. The what is qu- fair? The, the daily topic probably. Yeah. Thank you, Brie. 
Thank you, Brie. We love you. Um, so the next one is from Hor- uh, Forrest Hempen Barnett. Um, she was recently married. In fact, it's our first Bellator like wedding since we started. <gasps> We've had a baby and a wedding. Two babies and a wedding. <laughs> Three babies and a wedding. Three? I'll get to there. I'll get. I'll get there. Yes. So, um, Forrest, thank you first of all for your heart-wrenching um, piece in honor of your mom that was titled oh. In Memoriam. We, we've talked about it before, I believe. Um, I don't want to talk about it because I want people to read it. It Just read it. Um, but I will talk about another one. This will be another twofer. Um, not Very Girly Girl. This was one of her first pieces for us as, as well. And I would say Forrest is a young, vivacious, beautiful young woman. And so to hear her... Um, present this piece from the perspective of not feeling very girly and still uh, trying to come to terms with what it means to be feminine, um, what the feminine genius is. Um, I think, oh, it was just so good. Um, and, I, and I will say, although she is a very young woman, um, this is not an indication of her deep font of wisdom and insight. Um, she, I, I remember, um, was, I was at a conference and she gave a, um, one of the breakout talks on, um, how to appeal to millennials. And I was like, this girl knows things like she (laughs) has her finger on the pulse and it's her job. That's what she does for a living. She, she does social media and stuff like that. And she's a genius at it. But, um, you know, I really felt like this was also just a theological treatment in the most consumable and entertaining form. So thank you, Forrest. Thank you, Forrest. All right, Joe jo Holt. Her blog is titled Seasons of Faith, and this was a very personal account of her mm-hmm. experience of dryness and constellation in her faith life. Mm-hmm. And um, Joe is a, a friend, a personal friend from Colorado that... I had the pleasure of knowing in Colorado and she works in family life ministry, um, for a big parish out there and she's got three children and you know, you see her and you, and she leads pilgrimages and, and again, just her honesty and, and look, the holiest of people have spiritual dryness. Yeah. Um, of course we all know mother Teresa went through mm-hmm. severe dryness of spirit and soul and just, you know, but, but you still think like, okay, it's, it's 2019. You're supposed to, if you love Jesus, you're supposed to always kind of be happy. And, um, and that's not just not the case. And yeah. so thank you, Joel, for sharing Joe. I don't know why I keep <laughs> messing up your name, Joe. Um, thank you for sharing with us about, um, just your, your, your personal time of, of, um, you know, dryness in your faith life. Mm-hmm. I think, you, I Joe. think I know we all yeah. can relate to that for sure. So hundred percent. Thanks Joe. Our next one is from Elizabeth Hara, and um, she also has written um, pieces that are just like arrows to my heart. Um, But the one that I really liked recently that she wrote um, was titled Look Me in the Eye. And this was her reflection on the effects of technology. Hello. And, you know, just how it's just disconnect. Like the purpose of technology with social media and all of the things is to keep us more in in connection with people, right? I mean, that's the, that's the, that's the theory. I mean, has it done that? I mean, 
can, can we really say that we are a more connected um, person to other human beings? I mean, maybe our phones and our devices are connecting all the time, but we really do have this, this just, just rampant disconnection um, in the culture. And uh, she gives a little tiny practical tip for generating um, connection and empathy at mass. And I really appreciated this too. I just got off of retreat at the um, Bethany uh, retreat house that the Dominican sisters here in Nashville run. And um, one of the messages that Sister Gabriella um, gave to us through one of her conferences was this idea of empathy, you know, really being able to look at another person um, in a connected way. And um, one of the examples that she brought up from from research, like scientific research, um, was, um, uh, it kind of breaks my heart to talk about it, but like, it used to be that when mothers nursed their babies, they looked at their babies right? That, mm-hmm. that there was that, that mom to baby eye contact, um, just in the, just in the simple act of feeding your baby. But what are moms doing now? Like we're looking at our phones. Uh, I got, you know, I got through a whole season of shows. Nursing. <laughs> Actually, no, not a whole season, a whole series of shows when, <laughs> when my youngest was a baby, because, you know, in the middle of the night, it, it seemed like the right thing to do. And, and we're throwing away so many different opportunities to make a real connection with people that will have lasting, will have lasting effects. I mean, no, they're not irreparable. I think that my youngest is going to survive and he knows that I love him. But like, you know, I kind of gave up the opportunity there to, to connect with him in a way that I did actually connect with my first three babies. Um, Well, and it probably is one of those things, Fran, where you're like, you didn't even think anything about it. And then when someone like Sister Gabriella says that, you're like, oh my goodness, you are so right. Dad gum. Totally. You know. So Elizabeth, again, gives us a little tip at the end of her piece um, for how to how to just do better at mass in, in um, connecting with people. So thank you, Elizabeth. I really liked that piece. Thank you, Elizabeth. Okay, next up, Melissa King's On My Street, the first poetry published by Bellator Society. I, I think the first and only. <laughs> no, well, okay, so I'm so funny. You should say that we actually have on. one coming up. On Friday, I believe it's going to be a special. We we don't usually have um, blog pieces because we drop our podcast on Fridays, but um, this Friday we actually do have a blog piece, and it's going to be our second po- poem. But it's not by Melissa this time. But Melissa was our first poet, and I loved that. I mean, this is what we want Bellator Society to be. We want it to be the opportunity to share. You know everything about our lives and you know if you're not if if it's not your jam to write a a, you know a a narrative piece or a deep reflection with you know but but you can you you can consolidate it into the richness that is poetry bring it i love poetry not to mention poetry is a lost art i think yes yes i mean i think we used to study poetry read poetry write Mm -hmm. poetry more in class and really Mm kind of hone that skill i don't know that i've ever had a kid that's been assigned a poem yeah (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) where you wrote poetry probably in school growing up totally yeah i totally did thank you thank you for a lot of haiku oh so many haikus so much haiku so much fun (laughs) i really like it Haiku's so much fun. (laughs) All right. Our next one. Thank you, Melissa. We loved your poem. 
Um, our next one is from Molly Coop. And again, Molly Coop has written so many fantastic blogs for us. But the one that we picked for this purpose, um, for this special thanks, is her piece on Sound of Silence. And again, this is me coming out of a retreat mode where I had 24 hours of silence. And um, and now I, I kind of appreciate this. And even a di- like I already loved it. It was already one of my favorites. But now I appreciate it differently because we are all dealing with noise in our lives. Things are dinging, things are clicking, things are uh, just so much noise. Um, and, and she just gives us some instruction about the benefits of silence and how she personally works silence into her life with eight children. Like, I mean, that, she needs to teach a class. <laughs> she really does. I mean, Molly <laughs> Coop is such a, a just treasure trove of wisdom as well. Um, and we're so thankful to have you as a Bellator, Molly. We love you. Thank you. Thank you, Molly. Okay, Nicole Lashbrook, Home was the piece mm-hmm. we chose. And this is about cultivating a feeling of home through discipleship in the church slash coffee shop, Starbucks <laughs> culture, where young people feel at home, most at home. You know, for us as Catholics, the familiarity of a Catholic church, yeah, I don't know about you, is so comforting. I yeah. mean, I can go to Eastern Europe, I can go to Mexico, I can go mm-hmm. to, you know, Phoenix, Arizona, and the Catholic church will feel the exact same from mm-hmm. place to place. Now, there may be cultural things that are a little bit different, but mm-hmm. the church, the liturgy, it is the same. And so, yeah. especially for people who move around a lot, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, you know, you you may not know your neighbors, you may not, um, you know, have family nearby, but you've got the liturgy and you've yeah. got your parish and you've got the Eucharist and you're going to get to know that priest and that's going to become your home. Yeah. And I feel like this was, this piece was a challenging piece for us as well, because her, the, the like origins of it, as she, as she describes was like a YouTube video, I think that her daughter saw about the, the current culture, like the young people um, flocking to coffee shops, especially Starbucks, because like you go to one Starbucks, you've been to all of them, right? That you go in and like, you know, like they don't even have to have like, like their whole menu up because you know what's on the menu. You know what you want when you come in. It's the same smell. It's the same vibe mostly. It's um, like anthropology. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. But but you know what to expect. And and we've lost that in terms of of our church home. You know, every church tries to like be so catering to the you know to to, to the population or whatever that there's not that sense of just universality where we just feel at home in church. And I think that the culture really is hungry for that. You know, that the liturgy does serve as our as our. Um, you know, as our foundation, and that is familiar with every church in every church that we go um, around the world, just as you said, Tracy. But what are we doing wrong? Like, that's the challenging thing. What are we doing wrong that our kids are going to coffee shops instead of churches? Like, there, there's something missing there. And um, anyway, I just thought it was a very provocative piece as well. Thank Absolutely. you, Nicole. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you, Aunt Nicole. <laughs> Our next piece is um, by Diane Mashburn, and um, her piece is titled Endurance. And um, this is just a reflection on her newfound love of running. I hope I'm, I hope I'm qualifying that. I hope it really is a love of running. It's definitely <laughs> a practice of running. Um, and this piece is just about pacing and perseverance and having realistic expectations in running, 
but also really in the spiritual life. Like we, we can't, we can't get to, you know, high competitive levels of anything. Not that we're competing in our practice of our faith or spirituality, but like you can't expect to be the best without, without taking the time to do the work on the front end and, and just the understanding of perseverance. Like you're going to get there. Don't be disgruntled. Don't be discouraged if you're not, you know, there overnight, because actually she said, that's where injuries happen. You know, if you, if you go all out in the beginning without having you know worked yourself up that that you're it's gonna actually hurt you like every time my husband's gone to the gym (laughs) (laughs) he hurts for a month and then doesn't go back for a while (laughs) so I actually have a funny story about that I hope this doesn't embarrass my husband but once we were in Little Rock we we were going to the athletic club and um he loves cycle classes like he is not a class person he he would much rather do his own thing and you know I I am a class person by the way I love classes I love someone telling me what to do so I can just kind of like zone out and just count it you do the counting for me and tell me when this is over but um (laughs) he misery's over That's not his, that's not his thing. So, but he did go to a cycle class, <laughs> and I, and also I will say this about him: he actually does go like whole hog when he does anything. Like he he just pushes it. Like I've been to a cycle class with him, and I I'm not in terrible shape, and I've been even in really great shape to a cycle class, and he can still I mean completely destroy me and smoke me, and you know <laughs> getting his whatever the color is that you're supposed to get to. <laughs> period of time anyway he's really good at it but one day I came out of like maybe a Pilates class and he was laying on the ground with like old women all around him because no. he, had, he just got like lightheaded but everybody was like oh honey are you okay are you his wife can can you take over and I'm like I got it don't, don't worry he's gonna be fine. I got this get up <laughs> Okay, so anyway, Diane says don't do that. It's not good in running, and it's not good in the spiritual life. Thank you, Diane. (laughs) All right, the next one. Thank you, Diane. The next one is Carrie Moody, my sister. And her um, blog that we chose is my new go-to prayer and why it should be yours too. And this is her emergency novena. And we start. I, I introduced this to her. I don't know how she didn't know about it, but I'd read about it. And... I pray it. Sometimes I'm afraid I take advantage of the emergency novena because it's a very, very, um, it's very, very, uh, I don't know. I prayed a lot. Whatever I'm trying to say is I'm, I prayed a lot. Like mm-hmm. anything that happens in my life becomes an emergency novena worthy cause. <laughs> Not <laughs> everything is, is emergency, Tracy. I know. I know. Like I probably, I, I, I can kind of sense the blessed mother, like really, really this, you know, but, um, <laughs> She, it's you prayed the memorare nine times mm-hmm. and then a tenth time as a thank you prayer. And yeah. it, this was apparently, from what I've read, Mother Teresa's like go to prayer yeah. when um, she really needed something or when mm-hmm. she was in a pinch or, you know, in, in trouble or just whatever the case may be. And so I've had great success with it. And yeah. I prayed it on Carrie's behalf in a situation where she was going into a meeting and needed an answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and she didn't really feel like, it was going to go well. And she came out going, Oh my gosh, that was like, she was skipping out, you know? <laughs> and I said, Oh, well, you're welcome. <laughs> you're she's welcome. like, what are you talking about? And so I explained to her and she's like, how have I never heard about this? So now we, we, we say it amongst ourselves a lot. If, if one of us and Fran and I and Carrie are kind of on a text chain now, because <laughs> 
We, we, we use it. We use it. Yeah. yeah. I don't we think that bigger... we abuse it though. I, I don't. No, I really we don't. don't. Yeah. I, I say it a lot on my own. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Mary's just tired of hearing from you, not from the three of us. <laughs> I feel like when it's really, really important, I do ask y'all to pray, but I might do it, you know, daily on my own. <laughs> well, and I would say that the takeaway here, I'm glad that you mentioned our little text thing is everybody needs an emergency novena team. You, yes. you need it. If you don't have it, get it. Pick two or three people where two or three are gathered in my name. They're my, in your midst. And, and you know, mom is there too. And, right. um, and so, you know, start it today. Let, let this be your, your, your kick in the pants to start right. an emergency novena team. Thank you, Carrie. We love Thank you. you. <laughs> okay. The next one is Nicole Murphy. And her piece that we picked is The Gift of a Bee. And um, it's about striving for greatness, even when your grade isn't so good. And the importance of it. Um, and it, it's just a story of a premarital test that she and her husband took um, almost two decades ago when they were getting ready uh, to get married on compatibility. And they scored a B. And she was like, that's I am amazing. not a B person. You know, I don't get Bs. That's that's ridiculous. You know, our our, our love is an A+. Plus. But... Um, <laughs> But I really liked her little twist on it that, you know, that, that B meant that they had to work, you know, meant, meant that they didn't need to take for granted the um, effort that it takes to have a good marriage. And, um, and I loved her little, just her little quote, effort is beautiful, you know, so B stands for beautiful, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Nicole. Silver lining on that. I love that one too, actually. Really, really loved it. Um, okay. Our next one is Amory Nauman, Be a Saint. Pep talk we all need. We're chosen to live at this time. So this was just a great, great um, blog from mm -hmm. Amory. She's got a precious family. She's got a little one who's had some health challenges, and she has just Risen. really lived a, yes. lived like a saint. She has, yes. she has um, put herself you know, at the service of her family, mm -hmm. and she writes for us. How she has really time to write mm -hmm. for us is beyond me. But her life is a testament mm -hmm. and a testimony to just we're all called to be saints. And we just needed that encouragement. Thank you, Absolutely. Amory. You're awesome. Thank you, Amory. So our next one is from Anna Ostrom. And this is where I'm going to jump in and say, Anna had our first Bellator baby. It was oh, Rose. That's right. It, it hit me like, like, I mean, like a ton of bricks when I realized it. Because the truth of the matter is Rose is the baby that I know the best. Like, I know this baby. It's almost like when, when your hand is too close in front of your face, you can't really see your hand. I feel like maybe that was Rose for me. So Rose was our first Bellator baby. Aww. And um, so Anna's piece is on, well, the title of it was The Pitiful Mysteries. And man, did I love this piece. Um, mainly because it's Anna reflecting on scripture. And she just, she, the, ugh, She's so good at it. Um, it but it was, it was a cute story about, as they were kind of talking to their kids about the mysteries of the rosary, one of her um, kids said, well, what about the pitiful mysteries or something like that? <laughs> and they, they, they found it funny. Obviously, there are no pitiful mysteries. Um, but they were like, but if we did have pitiful mysteries, what would they be? And so she kind of does a scriptural reflection on, um, you know, the, the, the stories in the Gospels with which we can sympathize because we see ourselves and the characters and we pity them. You know, um, one example that she gave uh, was were, were the many disciples who left Jesus after his bread of life discourse, for in instance. Mm. You know, it was, it was too hard for them. And yeah. um, the prodigal son was another one. Um, Peter denying Jesus. I mean, oh my goodness. That, mm. I mean, that's... Um, 
And her piece just sums up with a recognition for God respecting our human freedom mm-hmm. um, to, to make these pitiful mistakes, <laughs> but also his enormous affection for us when we turn back to him. And um, I just really liked this piece. Thank you, Anna. Thank you, Anna. All right, Julianne Pierney, getting trendy. Real life dealing dealing with beauty trends. How we as Christian women are supposed to deal with the culture's standards. Yeah. Now, just because midriffs are in style, does that mean that (laughs) really that's a good choice? That we want to see your belly button? Nobody needs to see that. Just because the leggings aren't pants thing never really took off. Does that mean we wear leggings as pants? <laughs> like We have you know, standards, people. We have standards. We have standards. And as Christian women, we are called to be a reflection mm-hmm. of, you know, God's glory. Mm-hmm. And like you said in your piece a long time ago, Fran, we don't hide our bodies because mm-hmm. they're dirty, you know, or whatnot. We, we hide them because they're glorious. Yeah. And so I think that your piece um, really kind of ties in very well mm-hmm. with this getting trendy. Um, there's so many trends, fashion trends and whatnot, and cultural trends and whatever. Mm-hmm. But does that mean does it, does that mean that it's does it okay? Mean that it's right because exactly. everyone else is doing it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know we've had several pieces along the same line. I mean, you wrote one mm-hmm. on hemlines and homilies. We've talked about modesty on the podcast before, um, but I really like Julianne's angle in that it she was encouraging us to really consider like why we are making the choices that we're making. Like, mm-hmm. are we choosing to dress this way or do this beauty regimen or cut our hair this way or wear this makeup or whatever? That she she actually wasn't making. Um, like even um modesty uh, yeah it wasn't a modesty it wasn't a modesty piece it was more like on think about why you're doing the things that you're doing who's informing that choice who are you pleasing when you're making that choice and i mean that's something that we all need to you know deal with in our own lives even as even as women you know older not middle-aged and not middle-aged. <laughs> Over the hill, but again. not middle-aged. <laughs> More mature women. <laughs> not that Julianne isn't mature. She's totally mature. She's just younger than us. Okay, we got to go to the next one. Thank you, Julianne. <laughs> Thank you, Julianne. <laughs> Our next one is from Erin Polmeyer. And the piece that we chose from her is her fiat piece. And this is just about saying yes to God. Um and how that, that yes, that fiat is the fulfillment of our call as women, as human beings, really. But um, you know, it, there's so many fears that we have that keep us from saying yes in our lives. Um, but the effects of our yes, when we actually do it, when we rise above the fear and all of the, the, the reservations that we have, um, you know, we can see how that yes not only affects us, but but those around us. You know, that mm-hmm. it not only changes our hearts, but can actually change the lives of others. And so, Erin, um, thank you for saying yes to being a Bellator contributor. Yes, yes thank you for saying yes. <laughs> you are awesome. Okay, Sharon Rockers. Okay, <laughs> she had a series. So this is hilarious. And her series was hilarious. Um, and I think it was a three-part series, and the title was The Dog, The Bat, and The Roach. And it was <laughs> it was just a hilarious and often embarrassing account with a very sweet message of just gratitude and self-awareness. But my favorite one was The Bat. I mean, that was <laughs> so hilarious. <laughs> 
I can imagine her. If y'all haven't read it, go read this series because each one like is just funnier and funnier. And it, it kind of shows a sweet, um, I guess, relationship between her and her husband Yeah, and how, first of all, they're just the cutest couple. They're sweet. They're loving. They just had a baby, another baby. They, um, they're just good people, but you can see <laughs> kind of the, the hilarity of, circumstances they find themselves in and how sweet Sherrod is and how, you know, tender Matt, um, Adam is to, towards her. Yeah. Um, but the, the bat one was just too funny. So funny. It's so funny. hilarious. And Sharon really is one of, uh, I think she might be the most prolific of our writers. I think we have more Sharon Rocker's blogs than, than any other writer. Cause she has, I mean, she has such, well, this, this is a funny series, but then some of her pieces are so, so beautiful and poignant and challenging. I mean, this girl can write. So mm-hmm. thank you for writing for us, Sharon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Our next one is Amy Schluterman. And uh, this piece was titled Living My Best Life. And this was in our adulting series. We had an adulting series, if anybody remembers that early <laughs> on. Not, um, a, not a middle-aged adulting, but... Exactly. <laughs> Although some of us who might be considered middle-aged had some things to say about adulting, but yeah. Um, Her piece just was such a – I really liked it because it it gave a testimony to how having a solid group of close friends can really change your life. Um, And so it's just good encouragement um, and to look for your tribe, especially when you're feeling discouraged. You know, if you are in a low point, sometimes you just have to, like, make a change. You know, look for – we always – and I don't know who who started the the, – it's like a motto or a phrase that you often hear like in, in like young adult or, or teenage dating talks. And it's, you know, when you're looking for somebody to date, um, look, you know, run towards God and then look around and see who's running with you, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the same thing for friendships, I think, mm-hmm. that if you're looking for good, solid friendships, do all of the things that you know you need to do to get closer to God, to get closer to your goal, and then look around and see who's doing that too. Who, who else is sitting in the Adoration Chapel with you? Mm-hmm. Who goes to Mass every Sunday? You know, mm-hmm. who, who, who also wants a Bible study? You know, who, who are these people who are living the kind of life that you're le- le- living and leading? And, and, you know, tap into them because, you know, that's how we, that's how we fell in love with Amy Schluterman. You we know? love I Amy mean, Schluterman. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Amy. Okay, real quick on that. I tell my kids that all the time. Like, find good friends. Find the friends that love Jesus as much as you do. Yeah. And we have a friend from Colorado who met her husband. She was on a mission trip in Tanzania, and she was in adoration. And her (laughs) darling stranger, who turned out to be her husband, was in adoration. And they fell in love and got married. She lives in Africa (laughs) Her mom lives in Colorado, but Whew. how crazy is that? It's super crazy, but that's super, but that's the, that's the message, right? Like, yeah, that's amazing. That's I'm like, okay, Lord, I want my girls to meet their husband, and while they're adoring you, <laughs> I mean, seriously, I, I, I want the man that's that's gonna love you that much. Yeah. Okay, Amy, you're awesome. All right, the next one, Meredith Sled, Confessions of a Helper. Okay, this is Meredith's experience of needing help and accepting it, and how it was kind of a beautiful spiritual exercise for her Mm -hmm. because she was so used to being the helper. Mm -hmm. She was so used to taking care of people and serving others. And when time came that she needed help and she needed to be, you know, served, Mm -hmm. it was kind of hard to accept that, but how accepting it became like, like she said, 
a spiritual exercise. Mm-hmm. And I think so many women can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. I could. I, mean, I loved this piece. We, we want to show up with a pot roast or a casserole, but mm-hmm. when somebody offers to do it for us, we're like, oh, I'm fine. Oh, I don't need, yeah. I don't need that. But, but allowing other people to be, to, to serve you is, mm-hmm. I mean, it's beautiful. It is. And it's a gift to them as much as it is a gift to you as well. I mean, yep. not that we want to abuse people's service to us, but I mean, it really, it really, it just, it, that's what we're meant for. You know, yes. we're, we're meant to live in service of one another and um, it can never be just a one way street. And so she had to learn it the hard way with, you know, an unfortunate back incident, but, um, but we, thank you, Meredith. This was a thank beautiful you. piece. Yep. Our next one is from Aline Tanyos Carus, and um, this is her piece on learning from the master. Um, this was just a real, it was it was short and sweet, but to the point and right on. Um, it was just a catechetical reminder of how we as human beings learn in a developmental way. Like, what is the process that uh, that that we have to learn anything? And then applying that model to the way that we should grow in faith. And so it was just so, so, so wise. Um, again, Short, sweet, consumable, but like really taking it to heart makes you wonder, you know, makes you kind of assess, am I taking the steps I need to, to learn from the master? Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Aline. All right. Shona Terrell, little acts of love. First of all, Shona is, we, we knew her in Little Rock Mm -hmm. and she is British. So she has a British accent. So I read anything of hers in her accent. Oh, I love it. it. Although she does say that she has a British accent with a Southern twang now, which I think is so cute. (laughs) Oh, I heard a video of her recently. I think her daughter's birthday or something like that. And she's, you can hear her talking in the background and it sounds pretty British still to me. (laughs) (laughs) But her, her blog that we are highlighting is titled little acts of love. This was a glimpse into the benefits of spiritual direction and how seeing Jesus's love for us and those little acts of love um, expressed by others. And so she learned through spiritual direction to see Jesus when other people were, you know, Mm -hmm. serving her, loving on her, Mm -hmm. even in the tiniest ways to see that as a way of Jesus kind of sprinkling his mercy and his love, you know, on her. So beautiful. I love that piece. It was beautiful. Thank you, Shona. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, Shona. <laughs> Thank you, Mom. I don't know why. I just wanted to say Mom. <laughs> All right. Our our last contributor, our last regular contributor is Marietta Ward. And um, the piece we chose from her was her NFP, NF, NFP, like the letter P, but it was cute. So it was NFP. <laughs> it's about natural family planning. <laughs> and it was just her journey to peace and practicing natural family planning. Um, because I think that we need good honest witnesses about the struggles of natural family planning, as well as the beauty of living it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause the church's teachings aren't easy. Obviously most people don't even follow them, but <laughs> when you have someone who is, um, living it, but being, you know, authentic and honest about the struggles and giving you hope that there, it's possible. I mean, that's, you know, that's what the Christian mission is, is to give people hope, uh, you know, for, for, you know, following God, following his teachings through his church and all of those things. So thank you, Marietta. You were you also a, a fantastic writer. And we're so appreciative to have you um, on the Bellator Society team. Uh, all of these people, all Absolutely. of them. Marietta is a Texan by, by way of Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was that was a whirlwind. That was a, it was it was like a trip around the world. Oh my goodness! I know, I know. we did it breath. all. So these were <laughs> all of our regular contributors. Yes. We have had 
a, I mean, a number of guest contributors as well who were not regular <laughs> contributors for us. And, you know, these were people who wrote for us for, you know, specialty series, like our fertility series or for our Lenten series or our series a on humanism. humanism. <laughs> <laughs> All and, the series. I know. And, you know, we're, we're just so thankful that, that we have such a wide net of people who um, are really just serving each other and and sharing their lives um, through reflections, through these blog pieces, but really in building community um, mm-hmm. because that that's what we've seen this year. Yes, yes, and we feel like we know each other better, right? I know, I know, I love that. Well, I really a little do glimpse love that. into each other's struggles and yeah. and and things you you know you you read something and you see who wrote it and you're like, wow, her too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, struggle with this or I worry about that or I've been through something similar. I had no idea. And it just makes you feel more connected and more at peace knowing like, I'm not alone. It's not mm-hmm. just me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be darn. It's not just me. Yeah. You know, there are so many things that we can put in the, and in, in, if you were making a pro con list to social media and technology and, you know, all of the things that we do online, the, the, the con list is obviously just like almost infinite. It just goes on and on. But this is one of the things in the pro list. You know, what, mm-hmm. what we see happening here at Bellator Society, I think is, um, I mean, it's our goal. Like, I don't know that we've articulated that in in public really before I me. Mean, I know we've we we have obviously talked about it a lot and we and we've talked about it to other people but like our goal is to put more good yep. content out there to out to, to start outweighing to tip the balance, you know, all outshine. of the bad. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Outshine the the negative. That's what I we're trying to it. do. It's been a good year. It has been a good year. Thank you Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Happy thank Thanksgiving. You our, thank you, our patroness, St. Joan of Arc. Amen. Pope St. John Paul II, because people don't know this, our, our, our website was actually supposed to launch on his feast day originally. It was. That's right. That's and it right. didn't. Did but it. we still kept him <laughs> as a patron. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Oh, goodness. You're, what, what is the, the scripture? You know, man makes his plans, but the Lord directs his path. <laughs> we had plans, but we, then had, we had lots of exits on that path there were, that we there thought we were going to take. Yeah. <laughs> we, we ran into some cul-de-sacs and dead ends. <laughs> and had to turn around a little bit. Okay. Should we do our last little bit? Let's do it. Okay. Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to? Well, I'll say we actually had a plan for our last little bit. We usually don't. We usually never tell each other what our last little bits are going to be before we do them. But we did this time because we wanted to say thank you to each other for writing a piece that we liked. <laughs> yes, we do. So, okay. Tracy, do you want to go first or you want me to go first? I'll go first. Okay. So mine, I told you, I was like, ooh, which one am I going to do? Which one am I going to do? And then I thought, I know what I'm going to do and I'm not going to tell you. So... um, Mine is actually not a piece, you a blog. Mine is your video that you did on the sacrament of motherhood that we launched on Mother's Day or around mm-hmm. Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. Y'all, this video got tens of thousands of views. Mm-hmm. It got shared by the, you know, I, I, don't, I lost count of how many times it was shared, but it was viewed so many times. Every time we'd look, it'd go up like by 10,000 or something mm-hmm. crazy. It was just such a powerful witness to just grace mm-hmm. and just peace. And, you know, we've, you've talked about your brother and you've talked about his, his cancer battle. And, mm-hmm. um, you've talked about how the Lord 
you know, really did use his suffering, um, for his sanctification. Mm -hmm. And, but that blog was, or that, um, that piece that you did, obviously you wrote the words. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So props to you for, for the writing of that, but just your delivery and your rawness and your openness to, to share such a personal, um, time of your family and, and witness of your mom's love and your, in your brother's, um, his, his, you know, struggle as he was sick and suffering and everything was just, just my all time favorite. I don't mm-hmm. think I've watched it without crying ever. Oh. Well, thank you. Again, You're welcome. Praise be to Jesus. I hope that it was, uh, I hope it honored my brother and I hope that it honored my mom. Um, but, but mostly that it, it gives people an idea of how Jesus touches us in our lives and, mm-hmm. um, in all of the, the myriad ways and unexpected ways that what we receive his grace, um, because that was, yeah, thank you. The message. Thank you. You're welcome. Was, yeah. That was beautiful. The piece that I chose from you is your piece that's almost a year old. You you wrote it um, just right at the beginning of our launch. And we ran it, I believe, in December. And it was um, titled The Marrying Kind. <laughs> M-A-R-R-Y-I-N-G. And it was oh, such a sweet story about... Um, about about your children, about your you know journey. You you mention in it your journey uh, towards ad- adopting your children from Eastern Europe, um, but it was it was your reflection on kind of your first little taste of of mothering, mm-hmm. and um and how you saw your youngest um, mothering her, her baby doll. Like I'm gonna get a little choked up talking about <laughs> it, and how and how you know you you saw her change the baby's clothes and rock her to sleep. And these weren't things that you did for your child. Right. You know, but you saw that she knew how to do it because the vocation of, of motherhood, whether we are physical mothers, natural mothers, biological mothers, spiritual mothers, is in every single one of us and yeah. will have its manifestation in our final vocation. And, um, anyway, you were just saying how you, you commented to her that she was just going to be a good mama one day. And she said, or I might marry Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) And it's it's so true because that, that mothering, that, Mm -hmm. um, that, that innate place that we have in us as women to nurture other human beings, it, 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 it's undeniable. It's un- we live in a culture that's trying to deny it, but but it's undeniable. And for for you to see that in such a young child um, and to affirm it, number one, because I feel like we can do so much more in the way of affirming, like yeah. you know, saying the good things, looking for the good things in our children, and then um, for her to so quickly say, "Well, I can still do this. You know, I can still do this in another vocation." Um, you know, yes, absolutely. Spiritual motherhood is motherhood. If y'all had only seen that child's eyelashes and how they kind of like went down to her baby and up at me with her (laughs) ginormous blue eyes. And she said, or I might marry Jesus. I was like putty. <laughs> like, oh, that's fine too. I love you. <laughs> oh, I yeah. take those, those little baby years back. She was five. She wasn't a baby, but oh my god. Oh, five-year-olds so are little. babies. Oh, they're so Everything, the baby face still, the baby I teeth. Know. I know. Precious. So cute. I loved that piece. Thank you for writing it. Well, thank you for, thank you for, for reminding me about that piece. That was a sweet time. Yeah, it was indeed. And we wish everybody a sweet time this week. Um, Thanksgiving. Yes. You will listen to this the day after Thanksgiving, but you still might be in your turkey coma. So um. <laughs> Black Friday, we're coming at you. <laughs> We love 
love you all. Thank you for listening. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye. Thanks for joining us today on Bellator Colloquium. Please look for Bellator Society on everything social, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And if you like what we're doing here on this podcast, we would love for you to share that with us. Rate us on iTunes to help us get the word out and share, share, share. We cannot wait to chat next time right here on Bellator Colloquium, the conversation for online warriors for the true, good, and beautiful.